Hi, it's Phil here. One of the challenges that faces us in education today is the way in which we are preparing our students for a world that isn't even sure yet about the challenges it wants them to solve, but is absolutely uh, convinced about the standard that they want them to achieve. In this fourth episode of the Game Changers podcast, Dr. Henry Masoma and I are going to be talking about solution architects. Let's go. We're back talking about the character of good men in our times and for the future. Henry, today we're going to talk about solution architects. When I say the phrase solution architect, what does that evoke for you, my friend? It evokes the idea of somebody who's extremely um, sageful. Um, Somebody who's thinking possibly most likely of a world that's better than the one they're living in today. And what would they need to be sage for? What, 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 tell me what that looks like. Tell me what that feels like. I'll actually speak to what I believe it looks like, and I'd hope that you'd back me up with your research. You know, it's one of those attributes that you've talked about in our past conversations, you know, that when you did your research, you found that they were saying young men, I mean, a good man had to have kindness and those different attributes, right? I'd hope that that person is anchored, anchored in a space that um, it's it's almost like the palm trees that you see when you go to beachside uh, resorts, you know, what the winds do come. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And they they do bend that they do bend that tree, but it never breaks or snaps. And I'd hope that those young men are young men that can can bend, but don't snap. And that takes those trees are deeply rooted, and that's what I hope for. What uh, uh, what I hope that would have in instilled in this solution architect that you and I are talking of today. A, a groundedness. It, it it's interesting because uh, you've. I've got my mum running through my head right now as a result of that because uh, uh, she is uh, she is uh, she's still with us and um, and as I, mm-hmm. I, as I explained to you just before we began talking, um, she uh, she she's already listened to uh, our first podcast and um, and she's given it her approval and no doubt she'll listen to this one as well too. She is the most remarkable example that I can think of of that imagery of of bending but not snapping of 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 holding a course all the way through you know it's really really strong um groundedness in a set of values and a set of things that are important and about maintaining a trajectory i think that's you know if we think about a solution sometimes you know we 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 see particularly from the research now um that the world which once might have existed where the solution was obvious because the problem was obvious. Now, none of it is obvious. You know, we've got kids who are required to produce new and innovative solutions to problems that haven't even been defined properly and probably aren't capable of being defined properly, you know, to, 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 to pick up on your imagery from one of our earlier conversations, we live in a beta world. Everything is in beta series all the time. So, Without definition, a solution architect is a one who brings definition, but they also maintain trajectory, and they're capable of bending, mm-hmm. but they don't break. You know, so I think that that, that to me um, is a really, really important 
thing. You know, the world seeks clarity. It seeks certainty. And yet it's rapidly yes. evolving. Um, its issues are multidimensional. They're always emerging. They're never quite there. And so under those circumstances, what are the qualities that you need um, to bring that degree of certainty and clarity to those around you? That's, that's what a solution architect does, I think. Phil, uh, what's your mom's name? Before we move on, actually, my 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 mom's name is Roma, spelled R O H M A. Okay. So if if I was to uh, just create an image of her, I, I see her as a a lady uh, who's tall, uh, a lady who's got strong hands, and um, probably feet that have walked a lot. So, so two two out of three things are right. She's quite short these days, but she uh-huh. she was infamous for her strong wrist. She could open jars of anything back in the day, oh, wow. and and wow. she has walked a long way. She's she's got feet that have walked a long way. So yeah, I'm going to ask you a question then. With that, when you look at your mom, what attribute about her? speaks to what we're speaking to today if you had a specific one i can give you three actually and that that absolutely align with the research on this hard work perseverance and attention to detail you know it's it's all well and good thinking about what the answer will be but it's the maintaining of the trajectory and I think, as I said, hard work, perseverance, and attention to detail. She taught me all of those things. She still teaches me all of those things. She drives me nuts, particularly about the attention to detail stuff. Um, uh, yes, sir. But, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, she's, she's an inspiration and has been uh, all of my life. Um, so, Phil, we're talking about uh, uh, characters and boys. I, I'm on you tonight. I'm on you today. I'm, I'm taking the role of the interviewer. Please do. If that's okay. Please do. Um, you, we're talking about boys and character. I want to take you back to the playground, maybe high school, maybe even primary school or secondary school. And you talk about your mom, her attention to detail, her perseverance and her hard work. Give me an example that, you know, you're about to make a bad decision. Then your mom's voice comes in your head. What is she saying? Okay, I'm, I'm going to try and actually remember something specific around this. <laughs> I'm going to try and rem- uh, mention something specific around this. So when you're a boy, mm-hmm. every one of us is tempted to steal in the, same way that, in, the, in the same way that every one of us is tempted to lie. Everyone is tempted to cheat on other people because that's part of boyhood is testing boundaries. That is correct. Around all that's of these sorts of things um and i can remember being at a train station on the way home from school and there was a bakery and i had the op i had the opportunity um to steal some food it would have been a cake or something like that and just you know do a runner with it as lots of schoolboys would do and my mum literally as as you said spot on my mum's voice in my ear saying no wow no you know and providing um that boundary 
and 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 that clarity around that. So you know, mm-hmm. it 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 speaks to that clarity and certainty around that. Mm-hmm. I think too. There's a there's there's a second one I want to give, which I I don't know whether Mum would necessarily um, recognise this in herself. Um, she's really good at working out how to do stuff. Um, and yes. she she would say about herself that she's not a big picture thinker, um, that she, it's it's all about the little details. But I can remember sitting down and trying to think through how to do a big project. And again, I would have been about 10 years old. And, we, you know, we were doing, mm-hmm. you know, they give these things to 10-year-olds to do. And those, in the old days, we used to stick things on the pieces of cardboard. These days, they'd probably get them to do PowerPoint presentations or websites or, or, <laughs> or, or something like that. And I can remember mum sitting there and walking me through how to get it done bit by bit by bit by bit. And the funny thing is, you know, that um, uh, yesterday... Um, uh, our producer Samuel and I were sitting down and 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 and, and trying to map out how we're going to finish writing the book that I'm that I'm work, working on at the moment, and we used exactly the same methodology that she taught me when I was ten years old, which is about you know break it down, chunk it out into little pieces, and then knock it off one piece at a time. It's such simple advice, and yet it's the only way wow. we do stuff, you know. Wow, you know Phil. When I think about your mom and now relating to my mom, so you and I have something, my mom's a shorter lady, and guess what? My mom had a, an accident when she was in high school, so she never got a chance to finish high school because she had a major head injury. Mm-hmm. And my mom does not have any major educational background. She worked as a secretary or a typist in her career. And I like to tell people that my mom is the most educated person I've ever met. You know, my mom invites me to a space where I'm deeply human most a lot and it's from this space of a person who does not enjoy what the world would call the highest levels of education that i'm brought to the reality and the simplicity that you speak of of your mom's wisdom isn't that interesting isn't that interesting and and, and yet henry it's it's funny because if you if you contrast the two women my mom was hot is a highly educated person she was a (laughs) she's a she's a, a doctor a pathologist um she has both studied and practiced medicine. She's taught. Um, she's been a research scientist. She's run her own businesses. She's managed an orchestra. You know, she raised two sons. Oh wow! She's um, uh, 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 and 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 she's never stopped learning all the way through. And she does courses. Wow. And she enrolled in a fine arts degree later in life. And all the, uh, she's she's quite remarkable in that way. And yet. Isn't it interesting that you can converge on a similar place of of that sageness that you were talking about earlier? That that mm-hmm. that quality of wisdom um, that mm-hmm. gives clarity, that gives direction, that gives focus, um, because it's about the quality of the person. The education is important, but there are different ways to get an education and different 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 approaches that we can do yes, along the way. Um, oh. Can I take you back to something again, um, uh, which you mentioned earlier, which is you want something better. That's correct. You want something better. I think my mum models that more than anybody else in my life is that she has always wanted for her children and her grandchildren 
that they would have better than she had. Well, well you know, and and again, well, if if I'm if I'm starting to work through the 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 definition of of a solution architect that comes from the research, that hard work, perseverance, perseverance, and attention to detail that that gives people the confidence to think through and and work out a good solution. The, 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 the propensity to show others a better way forward um, uh, and that motivation to, to, to act as a, with commitment to coach others, to guide others, to show people the way. They're, they're the three things that the research says. So you're motivated to coach others through it. You, you use your hard work, your perseverance, your process to give people the, to, the, the capacity to, to work a solution and you show others a better way forward. So, yeah, um, that sounds like my mum. Wow. So what I think is kind of interesting, Phil. What I see is, is an acronym I read, and I, I'm sorry I can't attribute this to anybody. I mean, I know I read it somewhere, so please, I don't want to get the credit for it. It's, it's the acronym to the word LEAD. LEAD with a clear purpose for the L. LEAD with a clear purpose. E, empower to participate. A, aim for consensus. D, direct the process. And so based on what you're hearing, I'm hearing, sorry, from you in speaking of your mom, this is a person who empowered. This is a person who said, we're going to have consensus. And, you know, we're going to agree to do something. Consensus doesn't mean 100% support. It means 100% agreement. And so when we agree to something, we'll execute as a team. Then ultimately, somebody's saying direct the process. So going back to this idea of the solution architect that you are, and I are talking of, is that what I hear you saying as that we're looking for to see these attributes in these architects who are working on legacy projects, life legacy projects, as, as individuals who are saying, I have the stamina, I have the compassion, I have the, the passion, the commitment to, um, to, to design these worlds that I've never lived in and these worlds that are rapidly changing so rapidly changing. In fact, just thinking about my son, I'm tired thinking about his future and how tiring his future will be with all this technology that we have. You know, I look at my son, I wish my, you know, he was here, I'd pull him in, Joshua, he's eight. And the things that he can do, Phil, you know, the other day, in fact, Phil, this is kind of funny, Sam might find this funny when you he, when he talk to him later. The other day when y'all sent that, the link to the our first recording, did you know that my daughter was so heavily impressed at the site that y'all put that recording on? I didn't even know what that site was. There it is. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? He was like, Daddy, Daddy, you're on sound, whatever it's called. Sound SoundCloud, that's it. And SoundCloud, I, that's where we have And I looked, and I said, Kenzie, what is SoundCloud? She goes, Daddy. <laughs> well, so, again, yes, uh, um, again, it's 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 important that uh, our producer Samuel, that's 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 his gig. He understands this sort of stuff <laughs> probably better than both you and I uh, do. I, I, I'm listening there to, to you talking about all of these sorts of things, um, and I'm thinking about the importance of um, young men and, and older men modelling from women um, just as much as they do from men, and learning learning the things that need to be learned from the important women in their life. Um, one of the things yes. I think that, again, that we've, we've sort of looked at um, and the research tells us, and I'm, I'm really interested this time in hearing uh, from you what you're teaching your kids 
um, your students at university, the role of creative and critical thinking in helping to find the right trajectory, to find the, the right solution. What role um, do, do creative and critical thinking have in the process? A major role. In fact, so I start off with, I'd say, I, every class period that I teach, I do a couple of things. Um, the first one is I ask my students the question, who are you every week? Who are you? Who are you? And I do so in the hopes of inviting my students to this place of reflection, personal inquiry, and personal advocacy. Um, and when, let me just define those three pieces. And I'm, again, I'm getting this from the works of, um, um, I believe, from uh, Peter Sange's work, where he defines reflection, uh, advocacy, and personal inquiry as the following. Uh, becoming more aware of your own thinking and reasoning is the reflection piece. Advocacy is making your thinking and reasoning more visible to others. So it's not obvious what you're thinking. Make it plain. Number three is inquiry, inquiring into others' thinking and reasoning. So I hope that in my classroom space, I'm on a, on a day, consistent basis, I'm inviting my students to a place of reflection, advocacy, and inquiry. And then in terms of critical thinking, it's something that is actually inbuilt into my objectives, my learning objectives. So sometimes I am willing to sacrifice the subject matter for a conversation that leads us to a place where we have critical thinking. I'll give you an example. This week I was talking about foreign direct investment and you know, since it's a business course. And then um, and I realized that I was intellectualizing the subject matter so much that we're in the clouds. And I wanted to bring it home. So I took them to Africa and I showed them a video of a town that I grew up in called Kabwe, which is now listed as one of the most polluted cities in the world, maybe top 10%. The parts per million of lead in the soil in that city is so high that children are being born with all kinds of diseases, usually to do with mental illnesses. And some parts, they can't even grow grass. And I took them there. And I said to these young students, I said, guys, if you're a child that grew up here, didn't know any better, what would be going on in your mind? You know, what, how, what possibilities do you have? And there for the first time, I'm sitting in a class, because my, my, most of my students are upper, very upper class American students, you know, because I'm at a private university. And Phil, you'd be amazed at how many young people are coming to me week after week, thanking me for the opportunity to travel in the pathways that you and I spoke to that allow them to see an alternate story. And that is creating this space, I hope, of, of critical thinking, self-evaluation, that kind of stuff. And so it's been exciting to see that. I, I almost feel like an evangelist. An evangelist, brother, on occasion? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because uh, I feel like that a lot of times. Um, so going back to, to the classroom space, some of the other things that I like to do, like yesterday, I invited a young man who's 11 and he came into my class with his mom and I had him offer counsel to my students. And it was interesting to see how the adult students listened and how they were impressed by him and how this young man inspired in them the idea that when they were 11, they didn't even think at the level he did. 
It's inter- it's it's interesting, isn't it? And and if I if I take that yes, as a notion, and 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 also talk about your you know the state of your hometown now, one of the things that I think is different about young men today and young women and just young people in general is that for them a globally sustainable future in which the environment is treated with respect is a non-negotiable in a way that it That's hasn't correct. been previously. So any, any solution architecture must have built into it the notion of how we live on our planet in a sustainable fashion. That is on the money, brother. In fact, if you think about it in terms of a question, you and I probably, I don't know, Phil, what do you think about this? I think you and I were more concerned with who am I growing up than who are we. And I think this generation is the who are we generation. Uh, I agree, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, can, I can say with, with absolute certainty growing up in suburban Australia in the 1980s that we were blissfully narcissistic in, in, in our tendencies. <laughs> you know, we were so convinced by the wonderfulness of being ourselves and the discovery of the world and all the stuff in it that was for me. Everything I've learned about the us stuff in a more tangible way has come since my 20s and 30s and 40s and now 50s. You know, that's the, you know, we talk at, we talk at Circle about, you know, when we talk about the, the pathway to excellence, the, the third step on it is to go on a journey from me to you to us. And that's, you know, that's very, very important, I think. And that's a piece I loved with that uh, pathway to excellence uh, material. In fact, I don't have it up here today, but I had it last time we spoke is this idea of going to the us. It's the idea that you actually um, said that you appreciated from the first time we met, the idea of Ubuntu. Yes. I think ultimately, ultimately, a solutions architect at the core should, should have, have a, a we mentality. mentality. So maybe it's a trajectory to us. It's, it's about finding what, who we are, where we all fit in, and then how we can best serve each other, and then what's our calling? It's you know, I mean, that's they're the questions. That's the inside-out questions that we use to on that pathway to excellence. But it's 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 the us that sits at the core. It's fascinating. Um, there's a there's a there's another yes. issue I want to talk about, um, uh, which is the creativity piece, because we hear yes. a lot about creativity. So Ken Robinson, um, uh, who has I think the most watched youtube video in the in 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 the history of just about everything um Mm -hmm. and and he he speaks to a sort of a dystopian view of education as something which crushes children and we need to allow a space and i think that's 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 perhaps a polemical argument but nonetheless it reminds us of the importance of allowing people creativity the challenge with creativity is that it is so hard to do it is really, yes. really hard to be creative, genuinely. What you can expect from people, we've found, is that they can go on a journey to create. They may not get to a particularly novel solution. They may not get to a particularly original solution around it. But they can use the process of creativity. And creativity is a discipline. It's a, it's, and, yes. it's, and it's perhaps the hardest discipline of all, which is it, it's a yes. journey into self-effacement, 
it's a journey into mastery, it's a journey into high standards, it's a journey into rigor, it's a journey into commitment. You know, it's, it's, it, you know sometimes, sometimes I think there's, there's a popular image of the artist as someone who's taking the soft option, um, uh, whereas actually I think, I, I think it's a much harder road. Yes. No, um, you know, what I realize is that creative people are always learning. Creative people are always learning, and they're not just learning from academic spaces. They're learning on the train. They're learning on the plane. They're learning in their own homes, you know, and they're humble enough to, to actually allow the world to be their teacher. And so I've found that, you know, Phil, by the way, I only slept two hours last night. I'm going through a very inspired moment. I was up at 3 a.m. and I was just writing stuff. Is that right? I, 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 I got to say, I woke yes. up. At, I woke up at one o'clock, but but I was less inspired at that point in time. I did put a Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> podcast on, so you know, I did that instead. But uh, so 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 you're up at three a.m. and you're writing. Yes, and I'm just writing this stuff, and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Wow, where's this coming from?" Well, this was coming from me slowing down my life enough to appreciate the details your mom spoke of. It's me last night calling my son on the way home from work and saying, hey, listen, son, we're not going to do homework tonight. We're going to play American football on, on your PlayStation. And me sitting on the couch with my son and my other son coming while I'm playing with my other son and leaning into me and actually injecting life into me as I appreciate that moment. And that moment then spins me into this world at night where I can't hardly sleep and now I'm writing. And I'm writing so ever so masterfully that I create a, a, a piece called The Power of Pain that I end up presenting on this afternoon that I believe is gonna be a presentation I'm gonna give for the next few months. So I think sometimes we've made the idea of changing the world bigger than it ought to be. Yeah, the world is, like, you know, you said something early on, it's bite by bite is what your mom taught you. And in my language, they say that um, if you want to eat an elephant, you eat it one bite at a time. I think a, uh, a solution architect understands that. He understands or she understands that... Um, it's got to be one bite at a time. It's a patient process, like you said early on. You know what I mean? It's, it's a creative process. And most people that are creative are not as rushed as we like to believe. I've seen master uh, chefs um, toil on a small plate of sushi. And I'm just in awe of the patience and the time it takes to deliver that. But when it is delivered, it's got the detail. And then the appreciation that I experience off of that um, is, is, oh, let oh, me give you an example. example. Uh, uh, three, three years, years ago, ago, I was at a concert. concert. And Phil, this is the most interesting concert I've ever been to in my life. Mm -hmm. In that concert, there was five American presidents. Uh, former presidents, sorry. So there was President Obama, there was President um, George Bush, the father and the son. There was uh, the, the, the President uh, Carter. And uh, I can't remember, maybe just four president, presidents. Maybe so President Clinton as well? Was President Clinton there? Uh, Clinton. Yeah, President Clinton was there, and of course, Mr. Obama. Yeah. And it was a fundraiser for a flood in the, in the city of Houston. So it was about two, three years ago. The first thing that happens to me, Phil, is I walk into this room, 
and they're showing a recording over the big screen television. And guess whose voice is on that recording? My voice. Oh, wow. And my son looks at me and my daughter and they're like, Daddy, that's you. And this, in this video, somebody captured my voice and put it to music. And they were talking about how we need to um, look out for the other. And so this was a huge fundraiser. But what caught my attention that night is they had a lot of great entertainers, you know, a span of music from gospel to country music to all sorts. The moment Lady Gaga comes on the stage, and she was a surprise act. She wasn't part of the program. Nobody knew Lady Gaga was in the building. And they pull out this dazzling white piano. And this young lady, whether you like her or not, took us to a place emotionally that none other did that night. She played from her soul. And the old man sitting next to me, who's some kind of Texan, looked at me and said, son, who's that girl playing that piano? And I said, Lady Gaga, Lady who? I said, Lady Gaga, Lady who? And he was just blown away. And what happened in that moment, and I believe this is what a solutions architect that has been well-prepared does. It's almost like that room was under arrest. No one moved. She had us captivated. She could have designed a masterpiece and convinced us to follow her in that moment. So for me, a solutions architect is that individual that can paint a picture, cast a vision so clear, so precise, that as the Bible says, when Jesus came to certain spaces, men would put down their craft and say they're going to follow him and didn't even know where they were going. So do we have those, are we building capacity in, in our boys where they will be the kind that people want to follow even when they don't fully understand where they're going. And, and, and yet it's so hard for boys often to appreciate what you're talking about there. Because, you know, if we, if we pick up on that image of Lady Gaga, and my goodness, is she good at what she does? You know, but yes. it, and she does it almost effortlessly. Correct. And yet, of course, Correct. there's years of discipline and hard work and patience and practice and determination and vision and all of that that goes into that type of that type of performer if we take that the challenge that boys have is that they want to, they want the fast way there they want the easy way That's there correct. they don't want to do the preparation they want to do it off the cuff um uh and and in many ways you know that's almost like the transition from a boy to a man the boy is doing it first time easily no drafts no preparation the man turns around and goes do you know what there's a process here and i, I need to be yes. my best self not not just my first self you know sometimes sometimes it's good to be your first and best self um you know and you know yes. part of these conversations you know that we're having with each other um deliberately we've designed it so that we're not talking to each other about what we're going to talk about in advance but you've done your preparation yes. i've done my preparation and and yes, you know and and if we've learned how to do it, it's because we've been taught how to do it along the way, and we've we've taken in the lessons along the way. Um, I want I want to talk about one last thing, if I can, around the solution architect thing, um, and that is about and, and again, it's a thing boys find difficult to do, which is about the generation of options rather than running to the first solution that you come to. 
How important is it and how do you teach young men to stop and think through one, two, three, four, five different ways that you could get there rather than just doing the first thing that comes to your head? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Million dollar question, Phil. Million Million dollar dollar question. question. Wow. Wow. Hmm. You talked about processes earlier on. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that almost has to come from experiential learning type activity. I think it's you and I taking students, if we're doing this, a course, say, for example, in South Africa, it's you and I taking these boys to Constitutional Hill and then showing them the prison that Mahatma Gandhi and all those people lived in and then getting them on a, on a plane all the way up to Cape Town to Robben Island and showing them that prison that Mandela sat in and telling them, and here sat a man for 20 plus years who believed in something bigger than, them, than himself. Um, I think they can attach themselves to that story when they actually walk the paths that others have walked, not necessarily have to do it themselves. Because that's what I found myself doing, Phil, when I was a kid. I remember getting my father's graduation robe as a kid and the, the weird graduation hat and my dad wasn't even there and putting it on and seeing myself as a graduate that was enough to keep me going my dad didn't spend too too much time harping on the idea of going to college but he even had the instruments the symbols in place that were instructive to me so can we expose our young men to symbols and this is why phil i'd like to for you and i to talk about the issue maybe in another talk of the power of diversity and as a person of color, or as a black man, I walk in worlds that were established by white males. And sometimes my space of leadership is not available in the symbols that I see. And so I have to dig for these symbols. And as a 35-year-old man, one day I sat in a library and read a book written by Mr. John Wanakatwe at the age of 35, which was the first book that I read written by an African about my country. And wow. that was extremely, extremely transformational. It's at that point that I started signing my signature as Henry Kasonde Musoma. Before that, it was Henry Musoma. I decided to make a shout out to my native place of beginning by including my name. And so these boys have to be allowed to walk in spaces where they see themselves. So the generation of options comes as a result of lived experiences these are experiences that connect boys to a greater sense of purpose and something beyond themselves it allows them to recognize their own humility as part of their humanity and to see that there are different ways of doing stuff that's what that's what opens their minds up to the possibility that there might be more than just one way or the easiest way or the fastest way and yes, that it's that Ubuntu thing again, too, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the we person. That is correct. Wow. Um, um, Henry, I, I, I want to promise you that um, the next time that we talk, um, um, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about uh, local, regional, and global citizenship. And I think that diversity piece that you, you, you speak to is an essential component of that. Um, um, it's yes, been sir. amazing to have um, 
yet another conversation with you today. Um, and I really look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Phil. This is me, Phil. I've been talking with Dr. Henry Masoma, my new brother and internationally acknowledged professor of kindness. We look forward to the next one. Game Changers is a podcast for those who want to change the game of school, produced by Samuel Wiseman from Orville Productions. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe.